Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many oh, prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. No, I, I got the ad read. I got the ad read. It's gone. Hello, Oilers fans. Welcome back. What a game. Oilers win 5-2 over the Seattle Kraken, a divisional rival the Oilers had to take care of. They showed up at home finally. It had been struggle playing at home. And what did the Oilers do? They came in. They once again dominated, I think, for all 60 minutes. I don't think the Kraken ever really had a sniff beyond outside like a five-minute stretch in the first period uh, where the game was 1-1. But uh, yeah, the Oilers played fantastic. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about the play of Jack Campbell. We're going to talk about whether or not we thought the Jesse Pugliarvi scratch was the correct decision or not. Uh, what we thought of Holloway on his first 2.9 in the NHL. Connor McDavid was absolutely dazzling, even though he only scored one goal. It seemed like he was on tonight. Um, but yeah, we got a ton of things to touch on. Not a slow night by any means. Uh, I'm joined, obviously, by the fantastic Dennis Lee. Dennis, uh, I'll let you start us off here. Um, going into the game, what do you think of the decision to scratch Jesse Pugliarvi? Yeah, I think that it's been a busy day for Oilers Twitter and hockey Twitter in general. But early on in the morning, we got the uh, first inklings that Pugliarvi, healthy scratch tonight. And a lot of us were concerned, you know, when Evander Kane, obviously, who came back tonight for his first game, a lot of us were concerned that the Oilers were going to have some cap issues, right? We have to make way for Kane to come back. And I think one of the big situations was we were afraid Pulley RV might be gone by this afternoon yeah. in order for that to happen. Of course, Yamamoto ended up going on LTIR. So that's a nice uh, little <laughs> stopgap approach. Uh, obviously, we, we can't plan for things like that. So Ken Holland lucked into a couple more games, uh, at least until after the All-Star break now. So the fact that Pulley RV is an oiler he might he might be an oiler in name but i don't think he's getting any more games this season unless something drastically changes i think this is a holdout okay. in order to make sure that he's still healthy and that a trade will go through now the question is we've had a couple of changes in oil country right we've got a big strong d-man now in vinnie de, de Harnay. You wonder, you know, obviously he's not going to play first pairing minutes, but you wonder if that sort of takes the edge off of things. Uh, with Broberg as well, he started to pick up his pace. Now, defense maybe is a little bit less of a concern. So that's the question I want to push back let to me, you. Let me stop you right there. Thank you for, for giving me that. First, let me say what's up to Lauren joining us in the chat, the one of the lovely hosts of Game Over Toronto, obviously joined as well, you know, by MGD, uh, Lindsay, Wise, Kyle, John Jensen. I don't recognize your name. You seem new here. What's up? Thanks for joining us. Uh, but obviously all the regulars are here. Uh, awesome game. MGD with the stats. Campbell, 935 save percentage. Full respect to him. And we'll talk about Campbell a little bit more down the line. Defense to me. Uh, just going on what you said first, and then I'll get into Jesse Pugliari after. Defense, to me, still a need. Oh, they played the last four games fantastic. Problem with, <laughs> problem with that is you gotta look, you gotta, we got to look at who the opponents are, right? They beat Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas without Mark Stone, and a Seattle team who well can score a lot. They aren't. They have 
horrible special teams. They can't stop a beach ball, so they've been outscoring a lot of their problems. They've been riding a PDO bender. They've been Bob Stoffer showing the broadcast there. Their shooting percentage is unreal, like insanely high, higher than what the last top team in the NHL the last five years, something like that. So they they obviously they've improved, and I think the goals against have come down over the last 10, 15 games or whatever. Good teams though always try to get better it doesn't matter if we're improving whatever okay they ever makes an improvement here a, a minute improvement there the fact is when you're a cup contender i still think to me when you see the holes that are there in the losses they're there in the wins you don't want to just sit there and nitpick them and focus on those holes and those gaps and those giveaways in a win because frankly they didn't cost you but those holes are always going to be there like we saw in the first if you look at the first goal of the crack had scored in the in the game on the power play Darnell Nurse, again, puck off him in the back of the net, right? This is the same issues that have plagued the Oilers. You know, maybe it's not five times in one game and they don't lose. And they, they're they able, they got Kane back. They got the mojo going. They got the juice in the last four wins. But again, those defensive issues are still there. You want to get better. Even if even if they have improved, you want to get better. You're always improving. And to me, I I, I still believe that they want, that they, they need to. Going on, Jesse Pugliarvi. Now, this is going to be a little controversial, I guess, for a lot of people because a, a ton of people were against the Jesse scratch. The way the Oilers cap situation is to me, he was always going to be the odd man out. Like we knew months ago that Jesse was as good as gone by the trade deadline, right? So you had guys, you've scratched Warren Fogle in the past couple games and he wasn't giving you much when you scratched him and it was absolutely a deserved scratch and he came in and since then he's performed quite well. You scratched Derek Ryan in the past couple games uh, and obviously like look at tonight, Derek Ryan was one of their most effective players on the ice. Like, he, he had a phenomenal game, one of the best Derek games Derek Ryan's ever had as an Oiler, right? Just a beast on the penalty kill, scored a goal, like he was impactful all over the ice. So... You have these guys, and the thing is, when Kane came back, and not obviously you can't plan for the ammo uh, injury, but you had four guys that were potentially on the move. You had Fogel, you could have waived one of Yanmark or Ryan, or Pugliarvi. You've scratched the other two, and it seems like they're playing better. Jay Woodcroft, you know, say what you want about Matisse Yanmark, Jay Woodcroft is playing him the most on the penalty kill. He's been quite effective with Clem Costin and Ryan Eugene Hopkins, whether or not they're riding a shooting percentage bender, whether or not they're getting lucky. Um, that's for you to decide um but the fact is they're con they're contributing and they're converting on their chances when they're on the ice so to me unfortunately and as much as i love yesi it was the logical decision tonight whether you are going to trade him or not to scratch him right and you get him back in the lineup next game it's just the rotation the way it goes true i mean honestly i i still welcome yesi Pugliarvi here on the oilers mm -hmm. uh he's still a fabulous player i mean the physicality he's leading in hits and fights in this team right yeah. he's accepting whatever role that this team wants him to play in and maybe that's maybe that's not becoming of the first you know first round pick that he was but he's learning to adapt and change his game the, but you're right the fact that he is going to have to be qualified next year at like three million He's not, he's not, he's, he's not going to get qualified by the Oilers. No, will he's not, not going to get that offer and he's not going to settle for anything less. Right. So I don't know if he gets the $3 million offer from any NHL team. 
Right. But even in the case that, you know, a, a team maybe needs to renegotiate that offer, he does have arbitration rights, but arbitration rights well, he, he, goes but towards the player. If, if he gets the qualified, then he can, you know, file for arbitration. But what's going to happen is if, let's say, for whatever reason, he is an oiler past the trade deadline, they're not going to qualify him. I don't think any team no. he goes to will qualify him. He'll accept either something below the qualifying offer or he won't accept his qualifying offer. And Again, not 100% sure how, what way, but he would end up as a UFA and sign a um, a really cheap deal somewhere Right, else. a, a tri-me deal, right? A yeah. one-year one sort of Because the team wouldn't qualify him, and then he would end up as a, as a UFA. That, that's all That's all I mean. Uh, he's not taking a special deal to stay here in Edmonton, no. right? Like He's not going to renegotiate a new deal for that. It, it's um, the sacrifice you have to make to get better in areas where you need to improve. Because again, like you look, Yamamoto wasn't in the lineup. Has Yamamoto been fantastic this season? No, but again, you you have uh, all of a sudden you have depth in these um depth forward positions where you can afford to. Even though again, I'm I I do love Jesse Pugliarvi. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. But you can afford to move him and improve and and use his money to improve in an area where you need uh, more support. And that, to me, is on the blue line. Uh, let's just get to some... There's a ton of people watching right now. Just quickly, I want to say hi to all. We have 50 people watching live. We only have 15 likes. So, guys, smash that like button. Let's hit the Oilers. Uh, the score was 5-2. to two. Let's try and hit 52 likes tonight. Let's see if we can do it. It was a crazy night. We got a long stream ahead of us. So, yeah, guys, smash that like button. Um, in the chat, Michael Kerber says Broberg was plus four tonight. Another fantastic game from Philip Broberg, Dennis. Tonight, the rookies performed. Uh, Philip Broberg being plus four has absolutely changed Evan Bouchard's trajectory of his season. That pairing was absolutely phenomenal tonight. Let me just see if I can. Uh, they've been they've been very effective. And just to touch on the uh, depth scoring, like you mentioned, uh, McLeod right? Got a great feed from Holloway, just bang home a rebound. A lot of tonight's goals by the Oilers weren't highlight real goals. Only McDavid's was just, just an absolute beaut, right? Yeah. Everyone else was sort of crash and bang, play in the crease. It was beautiful. It was what they need. And they got beautiful types. Yeah. Beautiful goals. This is what you need to play in the NHL, right? You got to bang home a couple of ugly goals every now and then. Um, the Hyman, again, such an amazing play driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three-point night for him tonight. Uh, Holloway, you mentioned to start, to start the show, it's his first multi-point night. Mm-hmm. Two points tonight. Um, the lines were an absolute mess, right? Mm-hmm. When you're going 11-7, everyone but, just got blended up. But, but the, the addition of a Vander Kane into that lineup, though, you have the ability to put out a line that's a... Holloway, McLeod, Hyman, and they go and convert for you. You have a, a Fogel, Ryan, and Dreisaitl, and they go and convert for you. They, it, that one addition makes so many more combinations possible that just makes this offense so much more lethal. Like, it, it, it sounds crazy because Kane, uh, like, I think we both agree. Awesome, he's back 10 weeks, crazy. Um, crazy fast recovery. He looked Wolverine healing factor. Yeah, he right? looked a bit rusty tonight. Obviously, he had a ton of a ton of chances. McDavid set him up twice on amazing plays for a wide open. Then they're just he a had, little bit ahead of him, right? Like he had seven shots on goal tonight. That's the oh, highest on the team. Oh, jeez. I, I honestly, I, I did not. I would have never <laughs> guessed that if you hadn't said that. Wow. I just uh, to me, it almost seemed like he, he missed the net more uh, than he hit the net. Like, because uh, I can think of a two lot of plays tips. specifically, like a two on ones where McDavid just put it 
right in front of him kind of later in that third period. Uh, Evander Kane had some rushes. And I guess he was kind of shooting from the hash marks because he, I guess he doesn't have that speed because he's missed 31 games. He probably just needs to play a couple more games and he was shooting as the defense zone. Seattle was closing in on him. But uh, yeah, no, I thought uh, as far as the return goes for Evander Kane, I thought it was really well. You could just see the amount of confidence that the team plays with. There was a, definitely a noticeable amount more physicality in front of the net for sure. Uh, yeah, from and Kane wasn't shying away from that. No. Right? You saw him in those scrums. He's got the Kevlar wrist guards <laughs> like he's Wonder Woman and he's just... Uh, and he's just going to town. He was he, he was not trying away. He went for some crazy big hits. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, again, this is another game. We kind of said this before in the last couple wins, but this is a game to me where there's no passengers. Every single player on the team showed up and did exactly their job or and if not exceeded what you expect them to do on the ice. You had contributions up and down the lineup. You had um, everyone contribute the way you want. And to have someone like Philip Broberg, Dylan Holloway, you know, actually make tangible contribution to your team you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna succeed more often than not for sure so yeah vander kane played awesome but yeah let's uh let's take a look at you want to just take a look at the goals that were scored quickly kind of run through them all and then jump absolutely i I just wanted to quickly shout out uh, avery in chat how's it going man live from the oilers press box uh all scoring via five on five yeah that was another big highlight for tonight to me the power play especially the first two they looked like just straight up they were like dog shit man like they were bad they were missing passes mcdavid put a pass right between barry and nugent hopkins went right through him dry like dry settles passing was definitely on tonight that's one thing i noticed he was tape to tape passes were so clean through like three or four seattle kraken sometimes right to right to connor mcdavid uh but uh yeah dry settle was definitely this is one of his better games in terms of passing i i think at least from this season uh but yeah no i thought they i thought it's funny five on five they look so strong but on the power play at least for the first two they looked like garbage well what do you think was up with that it's so weird too right it's it's this sort of bizarro land because seattle's penalty kill is horrible bad horrible historically they're like 31st 32nd they're like bottom of the league and of course, Oilers have the number one power play in the league, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we came into this game uh, fully expecting special teams to be a big factor, mm-hmm. and they weren't, right? No. <laughs> we went 0 for 3 on the power play. Uh, penalty kill went pretty good. I mean, 1 for 4, uh, that's that's fine. Well, you know. the, the penalty kill to me, I, I I don't really count the one at, right at the end that Seattle took the day, the last yeah. day. Like, like they, they clearly weren't trying that hard to score. Uh, there was a, a the one weird call tonight was the um, the uh, the first penalty that the Oilers took the day elbowing call. <laughs> or that was that the was, second one. The second one, sorry. That was a penalty for being tall. That was literally it. He just he turns around. The guy, your gorge skates right into his elbow. There's not even like it's not even like he was moving his elbow back. Like he literally just skated right into Deharnay's elbow, and Deharnay's what two hundred and thirty something pounds, and Gord is probably the size of Kyler Yamamoto, and Gord goes flying, and the Seattle get Seattle gets the benefit of the doubt and gets the power play, but. Um, yeah. I did want to shout out my buddy Riley in chat. Thank you so much for being here, man. He asked, how about DeHarnay? Uh, it, it's his transition to the NHL. It's been amazing. I mean, the guy's 26, so he's not he's not a young guy mm-hmm. by any means. I think uh, hilariously, Darnell Nurse, when he was interviewed during uh, the first game for DeHarnay, nurse just straight up said we're the same age <laughs> like what do you what do you mean a young guy coming we're the same age 
Um, but DeHarnay has done an amazing well, job. The elbow was eh, the obviously. The puck skills, he, man, are so much yeah. better than I thought. Uh, four NHL games, he's got two assists. Another one tonight, right? The Derek Ryan goal to to go ahead in the game, and they, 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 after that goal, they didn't really look back. That that it, it squeaks. I, I, whether or not you, Ryan McLeod tipped it, I don't know if it was ever changed uh, on the score sheet. I, I to be honest, I haven't really looked. I think it was a Seattle player that. Oh, okay. So it was. So the, they talk about it so much on the broadcast, it messes with my head and my notes. I write down, could have been McLeod, could have, like, you know. But, anyways, regardless of whether or not he touched it, uh, DeHarnay's contributing on offense. I don't think a place anyone really expected him to contribute. And he's just been. He's just been so much more effective, and even defensively, like yeah, the like the he takes a, he's taken a decent amount of penalties. But you look at the penalty he took at the end, like it, it was a good penalty. Yeah, exactly. That, like Tanev was all alone with, Campbell, and it was right? so he, solid. He 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 res- compl- even though it was a penalty, he completely restricted Tanev from creating anything. Even though he was alone in front of the net, like Deharnay's box outs have been. I think he's been the best Oiler of boxing out people from in front of the net. He's so oh, big and he's so effective defensively. He completely, even despite being a rookie, he changes the complexion of the blue line. He's tough. He's physical. He's effective. He's quite literally the perfect player for the Oilers to have going into a long playoff run eventually hopefully here's a little here's a little fluffy bit right it's Mm -hmm. uh it's not rooted in anything too concrete but the fact of of the matter is the oilers have taken a lot of players from the bakerfield bakersfield condors right Mm -hmm. and vinnie de harnay is one of those guys that was left behind so when you have this condors roster that maybe isn't performing that well because all of their best players have moved on to the big league uh, DeHarnade has that sort of veteran presence, right? He's had to be a guy who's reassured his teammates, tried to keep things calm in a game, right? And that has really translated well into the NHL. Uh, they showed the clip uh, pregame when he was just sort of doing his visual, visual warmups. That doesn't look like a guy who's a rookie. You see in uh, you know the NHL, you see guys like Connor Hellebuck, who have who has just been an absolute legend in in the league for a while? You see them doing that sort of visual warm up pregame, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That was it's really a funny. veteran move. It, it, well, yeah, but it, you, it's something you expect more from goalies, right? The first guy I ever saw that uh, was uh, Braden Holtby back in like the 2014 or 2013 Eastern Conference. I don't even remember. Uh, just spraying the water up in there and looking around and watching it. So not necessarily something I expect from a defenseman, but whatever he's doing, it's clearly working for him, right? So uh, keep it up, Vin. Uh, we we love to see it. I think honestly, as funny as it's say, like Darnell Nurse could probably learn something or two from Vincent DeHarnay and how he's defending the box and of clearing the front of the net. Right, like that guy needs a needs a reset. Obviously, not something we, we're gonna focus on tonight. He was fine, not not fantastic. I would say by any means, not someone who stood out. But uh, we're here to focus on the positives. Uh, trying to be positive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I thought uh on the last power. I know we said the power first two powers are dog shit, but the fir- uh, the third power play that the Oilers did have. Uh, they did everything but score. The puck was on a string. McDavid hit the crossbar. Leon missed the Mickey Mantle swing home run to bat the puck in. Like uh, they 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 all of a sudden it's it's funny that you just see in the first two like. I don't know if the puck, if they just get stagnant and then something, they clicks or they switch up um, halfway through or they change like some like strategy thing. But all of a sudden that power play, uh, the, at least the third one, looked deadly, right? So it, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think that's one of the deadliest factors about mm-hmm. this power play, right? The fact that obviously we have two of the best players in the NHL on, on a single line, that helps a lot. But I tweeted this out during the game. 
It seemed like the first two with Barry, there were some communication issues. Maybe the way that Seattle put pressure on the Oilers, it led to their power play not really gelling. But to start in the third uh, power play, yeah, Bush was out there and he adds a different complexion to mm-hmm. it, right? Totally. He doesn't. He doesn't have the same his, sort of guidance well, so that he's, Barry might have. He's more of, I think he's more, even though he hasn't been he hasn't been shooting it as hard. I think he's definitely more of a uh, shot threat than Tyson Berry. He definitely facilitates the the flanks, like the passing to McDavid and Eugene Hopkins, a little differently than um, than Tyson Berry would. But I think the biggest pro to having Evan Bouchard on that power play as opposed to Tyson Berry is the way that Evan Bouchard can hold the zone. Right, like you see him on his knee. You see him when Tyson Berry just is already giving up and going back and p- getting ready to pick up the puck at the blue line or take it from Campbell and pass it to McDavid and let McDavid go on another rush. Evan Bouchard's standing the blue line and he's constantly and consistently trying to hold the puck in and he's actually doing it right which you're creating so much more zone time and for this power play you you've spent two minutes in the zone like more often than not you are going to score right we have list how good things happen hey guys when are you trading jp13 for logan stanley uh yeah no thank you no thank (laughs) you i'm d67 ken holland and bob stoffer i'm sure would love it uh but you know what we honestly like to me a depth defense like we have seven defensemen that can play already you have nemo down in the minors honestly give them up for just take the cap space and get someone actually in a trade it is hilarious during the the middle of the day when it broke out our group chat over at sdpn was just blowing up with people trying to rip us off yeah oh <laughs> I like my how god none of none of the well, three oilers well, hosts decided to talk about any of that <laughs> one thing that uh we should touch on is uh i think the at least what seems to be the most likely i mean there hasn't really been any rumors of who's interested and who's not but one of the most likely destinations for jesse puliarvi seems to be boston uh just by uh brad marchand's tweet during the uh, right before I, the game right like i don't know about that one well, marchand is known to be a troll yeah but uh, has he ever trolled like that like isn't that tampering <laughs> is, is that not tampering like like what is that he literally no no Clearly, it's not tampering. You know, maybe he's taking him around town sometime. You know, sh- doing a little Zoom conference call at uh, properties or anything like that. No, that's not tampering. Yeah, no, I, it was very suspect. But I definitely am like, wouldn't be shocked if he's a Bruin. And if there's one organization that he would absolutely succeed in, it is the Boston Bruins. Um, when they win the Stanley Cup, I'm sure he'll get it passed to him from Taylor Hall. So it would be <laughs> peak Oilers, super awesome. And speaking of peak Oilers. First goal of the game, McDavid, or first goal of the Oilers score, Connor McDavid's goal. Who shits his pants on the Russian? None other than our best friend, Justin Schultz, falls over. Connor McDavid goes in one on one. What can you do? 38th of the year. How do you, like, my God, is he going to get 70 goals this year, Dennis? I mean, yeah, at this point, we were talking in the beginning, right? Is he going to put his mind to it? Is he going to get 60? No, it's it's a McDavid 70 year baby. Oh, like easily it all the way. What like it? the the fact that he can just go in solo, like blue line to blue line down to the dots and just rip one home. Oh, yeah. amazing. Quick, like quickly in chat. How many goals did Austin Matthews have last year? Someone let me know. Because whoever was... many goals he had, I will bet you, I would put money that Connor gets one more goal than whatever Austin Matthews had last year. Was it not like 60, 61? I think it was like 62. That? I can't remember, though. 
Um, we, we're we're losing our jobs because uh, our the three big guys over in Toronto are going to fire us tomorrow, right? Wait, <laughs> How I mean, dare we not know? It's not Austin Matthews isn't even the best player on his own team. So oh yeah, tonight, <laughs> every Ooh. night the William it's been the William Nylander show. But a- a- anyways, we're not here to talk about the Leafs. But yeah, the Oilers again. To see this is it's the tale of two teams, man. This is why I can come on here and just have a mental breakdown after this team blows it to Anaheim and completely falls flat on their face to a bottom-feeding team that should be, like, deserves Connor Bedard, and then come out, rattle off four wins in a row. Not only, yeah, you beat bottom feeders, you're beating them, you're scoring seven, eight goals on them. You're, you go into Vegas in their barn, you beat them in regulation. Then you go against Seattle, who's won, like, won, won seven in a row, coming in on a back-to-back, yeah, whatever. But they still go in and they smoke Seattle, right? Um, th- this is this is the Oilers that we saw in the playoffs last year, and this this is a scary team. They they they're gonna they're gonna catch a lot of teams off guard. They're if they if, let's say they don't you know go on a twenty game heater and win twenty games in a row. They, if they finish third in the Pacific, second in the, even second in the Pacific, or even in a wild card spot, they're gonna go into it in, into a series with oh, as the underdog. And when this team, looking at the top teams in the division, get Vegas uh, or Seattle or Winnipeg, whoever you end up playing, I I, I would not want to be them and play this team when they're clicking. I think the Oilers are a better team than all of them. Honestly, you're right. Like this is the the duality of the team, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that this team can on a certain night just blow up any opponent. It could it could be like. A Winnipeg, some someone who's got a great goalie, someone who's got a solid team. The Oilers, you would almost always bet the over, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like this team at any moment could just turn on the Jets and like put up seven goals. Oh yeah. Uh, I now pre- one oh, thing. Sorry, I just want to say I appreciate everyone in the chat letting me know how many goals Austin <laughs> Matthews scored. It seems we are debating though whether it was 60 or 62 uh 60 62 let's take the average yeah let's, we're going back to 61 yeah so whatever that was but david's <laughs> gonna have one more i would bet my house on it uh yeah and, and even mgd david w the leaf stats guy where, where where's the stat all of a sudden he's got nothing he told you told me nurses plus minus though so i guess that's good um honestly though <laughs> yeah i was just gonna mention we we have to credit this team's current run on Campbell as well, right? The fact that Soup has been playing really well ever since, even the LA game, right? Even the LA game, well, it's hard to to really just pin it on him alone. Totally, he, he, team. The, his last stretch of, I think, want to say like five games now, up until this point, he's been he's been noticeably better since he's changed the equipment and he's gained confidence. Tonight, yeah. one fu- one trickler. So tonight. he played awesome, right? But you have that one trickler, and and that and that's not just any trickler that's happened before and he's changed the equipment right that to me was a huge red flag that's just like as a fan it 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 it, 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 it contributes to my lack of comfortability watching him in the game so much like it, it, the fact that he's gone so long in between and gotten so much better and then goes back to letting in a goal i think he let in i know he let again one of those in against dallas and i think he did it one against tampa as well might if, be if wrong. you guys Fans out there, if you want to tweet at us with the the three or four pictures where he's just staring at yeah, his glove, yeah, exactly, sitting there, still, like, and, and on the box, they're like, "Is there a hole in the glove? Who knows?" Right? That is like so worrisome to me. And again, he played fantastic. Even after that, credit to him, he bounced back, didn't let anything else go by him. 
that like that almost made me want to go to Stu next game. To be honest with you, I I do think you have to work Stu back a little bit into it. Um, One of the things that I will say is a little bit more encouraging. It seems like in the last couple of times when he was staring at his gloves, it seemed to go almost through the mesh of it. Right? Mm -hmm. It it seemed like he was staring at it, going, "How did this squeak through? I had it." This one on the slow-mo looked like the puck sort of just just dribbled through his wrist. Like it almost bent his wrist backwards a little bit and then popped up over top. So uh, I'm a little bit less concerned. It, do you, it does. Do you think it's a vision thing? Like, like what is it? And, and before and before you answer that, let's just say we got 60 people watching right now. We're trying to hit 52 likes tonight. The score was 5-2. to two. Everyone, if you can go ahead and smash the like button, we really appreciate it. Sorry to cut you off, Dennis. Uh, what, what were you saying? Do you think it's a vision thing? No, I, I don't think it's necessarily a vision thing. I, I, I don't know what it was earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. right? But for this last one, it just seemed like maybe he wasn't quite fully tuned in with his equipment. Obviously, glove saves are one of the tougher saves to make right mm-hmm. in the nhl so other than the weird things like the michigan and shoulders and yeah, all that yeah, yeah. but the glove save if you're not really used to your equipment that can be a tough one and this seems like it was different from the first two in that it just snapped his wrist backwards a little bit that might be something where he just starts getting a little bit stiffer on his equipment you know getting stronger in that area but it, it seems it's like tough. he already had right and then, and, and he'd gotten so much better. And then th- those, because that, that's just not a squeaker. That's not a shot that goes <laughs> through your five hole. Like to me, a goal that like looks like it goes through your glove is so concerning as a fan. And and I know he went on a long stretch without letting a goal like that in. But we're, imagine game six, we're facing the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, it's 3-3 three, three in the third period, or 3-2 in the third period, and last year it was the 180-foot goal from Rasmus Anderson. This year, Jack Campbell lets in a goal like salami wrist, and it just like goes back, and it goes right in the net, right? Like, Don't make me relive UC Markkinen back in the 06 run, man. Don't make <laughs> well, exactly. me relive like, those days. It's concerning, and I get what you're saying, but you, but you need to work Stu back in. I think I know they're, they are playing a considerable number of non-playoff teams. Uh, Stu's going to be tired. Stu's going to need rest, and I think it's good to let him get the rest. Now, we're coming up on the bye week soon, too, here, but uh all in all campbell got the win and it's not i guess it's not something we should focus too much on but it's something i definitely wanted to touch on because it was an area of emphasis for me watching the game uh jacob in chat mentioned sounds like i'm sugarcoating it i i'm trying my best to be positive i mean there there is the concern there surely you don't want your supposedly number one goalie letting in those types of goals Mm -hmm. but you got to take some of these, you know, it seemed like it was just an odd bounce. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt um, for the next game. It's Tampa. It's a tough call as well. Now, one thing to note is Seattle came in today on the uh, rear ta- tail end of a back-to-back. Tampa is going to be coming in yep. on the tail end of a back-to-back. And the team after. Sa- Saturday with Vancouver. They'll be coming in on the tail end of a back-to-back. And then you have Columbus and Chicago before the bye week, Mm -hmm. right, and all-star break. Now, out of that, the Oilers are set up to just go on a tear. Oh, yeah. In in terms of, like, on paper, you're supposed to win against the three teams that are 
on the back or on the tail end of a back to back, and then two weak teams in Columbus and Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I want your accurate prediction. Okay, so to me, to be Seattle honest with you, I, I so okay, four. the only acceptable game to lose in this stretch is against Tampa Bay, and even then, it's a 50 50 shot. Like, I it's not like it's a uh, it's not like it's one of those games that ha- seems to happen every year against Minnesota where it's a scheduled loss and you're not disappointed at all, right? This to me, they're coming in on the second night of a back to back. You need, you need to, you need to get cooking and you need to get cooking fast. So all hands need to be on deck. And if you give an effort like you gave tonight, there's no reason in my mind why you can't beat Tampa as well. They've seen them. Exactly. They was, like we've watched them pl- beat Tampa a number of times. Like it's, they, it, it almost is like they have Tampa's number. If I'm not, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, it seems to me like in their last, what, 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 what you have it five, ten games. The Oilers, I, I can't. I, maybe Tampa's won one or two. Um, but yeah, I was at, I was at one of those games where Miko Koskinen stole at Rogers' place last year in March. It was fantastic. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, they need to get on a run. They need to get cooking. And regardless of how, how, whether or not they do. They also need to see some additions coming as well. Uh, one more thing. We're only seven likes away from the like goal, guys. So if you haven't hit the like button already, we got almost 60 people still in the chat, still watching. Please hit the like button. Dennis and I really appreciate it. We'll also be back next game. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it was super fun. We'll hope they, they win again. Uh, one guy I wanted to touch on on the Seattle Kraken, or two guys actually we should touch on on the Seattle Kraken. We, I guess there's three. We already touched on one. The two others, one guy who was crazy physical tonight, I don't remember him being this straight-up mean, uh, was Adam Larson. Oh, my God. Every time they're in a corner, it doesn't matter if it was Leon, if it was Connor, if it was Derek Reiner, unfortunately for Dylan Holloway, got absolutely plowed, similar to the hit who I... Who threw that hit? It was uh, it was the guy on Buffalo, wasn't it? Ilya Labushkin? Was it Labushkin? Labushkin I think. Yeah, yeah, who threw, who put Holloway out? So it was a little bit of a scary scene for me, at least to be honest, right? Uh, well, on the broadcast, it, they almost mentioned Tanev shoved Holloway out of the way, so it was more of a, a sort of yeah waste i guess waste area collision Mm -hmm. um but you're right like this is why we love adam larson right the fact that if he was on this team oh boy what a defense what a change uh, to the look of our defense um larson is mean yeah physical he's a shutdown d he was and i love him for it even though he's not playing for us even even when the oilers speed was giving seattle trouble adam larson seemed like uh he was the one defenseman who was getting himself out of trouble he almost seemed a little quicker than i remember and mgd in the chat saying that was the adam larson i remember and you know what now that you now that you guys are saying it maybe i just didn't i was soured upon adam larson because i like taylor hall and i was one of those one for one assholes who you know maybe <laughs> you know whatever we don't need to get into that but yeah no he he he, he played larson, he played yeah. awesome tonight uh another another former oiler did end up hitting the crossbar a little earlier in the game the jordan everly it looks like he still has the same shooting coach as from his time as an oiler can't hit the net um yeah, i mean like the fact that Larson leaving was more palatable, right? It was something where it was a very personal, deeply personal yes, yes, issue. Of course, of course. Eberly, no the fact that it was a trade-out and an awful trade-out at that, it always leaves a sour yeah. taste in the mouth. Absolutely. Especially after... He, I mean, Eberly was a good oiler. Oh, <laughs> he awesome just had oiler. one bad playoff run. It literally, and then it, the uh, the sharks came for him, right? The the the, <laughs> the same the same sharks year after year. But ne- nevertheless, uh, yeah, Eberly. I thought uh, overall Seattle like 
they you can see why they um they've been as good as they are they they're they're just such a fast team no matter what line is out there uh they claimed eli tolvanen who i did not realize had his shot was that hard oh my god 94 miles an hour on the power play that one timer is dangerous that guy could that guy could fall on his face and just randomly his shooting percentage ticks up a bit and he becomes a 30 goal scorer like we've seen what does he have five goals in seven games in seattle i guess he scored one tonight didn't get credited for it uh zach hyman did because he scored it on his own net that was hilarious so all the armchair gms calling for uh for the oilers to claim eli tolvin and how do you feel now you dummies i mean <laughs> it's so funny right the fact that it, it going into this game, I was fully expecting a quick little talk about Tolvin in because yeah, seven points in what was it nine games or something yeah. like that. It's nothing to scoff at for a player who is free and also is only getting paid like like one and a half million or something. Yeah, like, that. like you would think if you're gonna get planning on getting rid of Jesse Puliarvi, you'd want to pick up Eli Tolvin in. Whatever, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> twenty other teams are passing him. I guess twenty other teams are kind of dumb because i did see a lot of smart oilers fans people i respect online quite a bit calling for it and they were dunked on by the uh geniuses that also said they should claim uh, i think his name's jake lecision so who uh, is not a any not not, not the same the, thing exactly come on well exactly that's what i'm saying i'm saying <laughs> why would you want to claim jake lecision and not want to claim eli tolvenin that's what i'm yeah. saying it, it, it's it's always funny on Oilers Twitter, and if you guys aren't following us on Twitter, uh, give us a follow. It it really helps there. Uh, plus, you'll always uh, be able to tell when this this show is going live. Yeah. Um, links down in in the description. But yeah, uh, pretty pretty good game overall. Like you mentioned, totally. I think if the Oilers are playing like this, they can beat any team. Absolutely agree. Absolutely so, agree. It comes down to solid just. Just competent defense. They don't. They don't need to be the New York Islanders. They don't need to be the Dallas Stars or whatever. They just need to play competent, solid, and more often than not, if they limit the mistakes, they're gonna outscore the mistakes that they do give up. Their power play is so deadly, and especially now that it seems like the depth scoring is coming around. Like, how awesome is it to see goals when McDavid and Drysdale aren't on the ice? It used to be come once every four games, you'd see Josh Archibald chip in with a random goal, and you'd be like, "All right." You can't lose this game. We can't waste a non-McDry goal, and it was uh, very stressful when they did lose those games, right? We we didn't we didn't waste the Derek Ryan and Warren Fogle goals. Exactly. Right? Even Ryan McLeod, right? Like his gets his sixth yeah. goal of the year. Like these guys are starting to heat up at the right time. Uh, yeah, they have the potential to carry to carry them um, with depth scoring. Uh, and yeah, this offense can be really dangerous. I like the way Woodcroft's going with the eleven and seven. I would not be shocked if he kept it. You know throughout this right this uh, last stretch right into the break here so uh yeah uh let's I mean, check our likes real quick on on the uh on the more. show around edmonton that everyone knows oilers now uh they mentioned that hey like tampa when they won their cups uh some games they would go 11 and 7 mm -hmm. so it's it's a honestly it's a, a strategy that's proven the Oilers have put it to good success, and now we're we're clawing back into it, right? I think we're still in a wild card spot, but we're we're drawing closer and oh, closer. 
for that Pacific Division. Well, I think th- I, I want to say on the broadcast, they said, uh, okay, before I get into that, we need four more likes. I'm not ending the broadcast until we hit 52. Once we hit 52, you can Dennis and I can go to sleep and you all can have a fantastic night. But until then, uh, we're going to keep going. So please. Don't you take your likes away. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please hit the like button. Um, oh, God. Uh, what What did you ask again? Oh no, sorry. I was saying uh, in terms of the standings. Oh yeah, we yeah. are yeah. still in a wild card spot, but we're inching ever closer to well, being in the top three in the Pacific. Vegas now. Uh, Eichel has been faltering. They lost Mark Stone. They lost Alec Martinez. They don't look like uh, uh, like they're going to finish off this year so strong. Now they might be major players at the trade deadline, and we'll see how that goes because everyone knows they are one of the most aggressive teams. And look at that—we've hit fifty-two likes. Uh, they're one of the most great. We'll, we'll just finish up for two seconds. We'll wrap it up no, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, awesome, guys. Appreciate you guys being here. What what a what a great achievement. Oh, look, we're at 55, and someone just unliked it. Okay. Oh. We're back at 54. Anyways, 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 let's finish off that. The, the, I, the, there is, I think, a path, a, a, a reasonable path to the Oilers, honestly, winning the Pacific. It's not the strongest division. Seattle shooting percentage falls off a little bit because these guys are, well, they're all skilled and fast. They're not McDavid's who can hold this insane shooting percentage for the an entire 82 game stretch. Like even Leon Dreisaitl goes stretches without scoring goals. Like he can't maintain, even though he's a naturally high shooting percentage player, he can't maintain these ridiculous streaks for that long. Like you go on cold spells and Seattle's is coming. They've lost two in a row and I'm sure uh, we'll see how it goes for them. I'm not going to make any predictions, but um, there, they, I, I think there is a route still. The Pacific's wide open. That That's what I'm going to say. And, and, and to me, it's incumbent on Ken Holland. Uh, to move whatever at all the assets, literally everything, clear out the cap, rehome Jesse, and uh, and you know put the Oilers on in a real good position come March fourth after the deadline. Make it work, right? Like this is uh this is Holland's last year as GM. Mm-hmm. If he wants an extension, he's got a wow at least uh O E O E G, but also he's got a wow the fans, right? So, oh yeah. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for tonight. Now, I didn't didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it since it isn't uh, Oilers focused, but obviously um, some big topics around the NHL tonight uh, with uh, with Provorov refusing to skate uh, in the pregame. Uh, sorry, in the uh, warm up due to his yeah. religious beliefs uh, uh, not wanting to wear the pride warm-up jersey <laughs> yeah, just uh just an absolute clown right this yeah. is the nhl is is trying to move forward and yeah. hockey is still i mean kind of stuck no, in a few... yeah. everyone should feel has the right to feel accepted and ivan provorov has no right to to do that if, if you want to do that and impose those garbage beliefs on everyone else I mean, you can do that, but you shouldn't have the playing in the NHL is a privilege, and you shouldn't be able to do it there. That's yeah. that's if, what I have if to you say. if you wanted to exercise those rights, you also waive the right to play in that game, yeah. right? At least that, more Oops. than that game. Like I, I, oh yeah, like I don't know. I I don't think that was cool of him whatsoever. But um, and I just wanted to put a couple of support resources out there to in the pod uh if you're in canada uh, canadahelps.org there's a lot of great organizations there that could really use your help um and if you're in the uh the states the trevor project uh the trevorproject.org so that's it for us tonight um celebrate an oilers win yep we (laughs) let's play la bomba baby me and you will be back on 
Thursday, Thursday, when the Oilers take on the Tampa Bay Lightning at home at 7 o'clock. Uh, yeah, until then, see you guys all later. We hope you all be back joining us then. Uh, take care, and once again, play La Bamba, baby. Play La Bamba, baby! Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.